This is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway on Express FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great and that's spilled over into the training ground and the boys are very, very positive. Giving you a voice. Everyone has got a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that, even in the tough moments. This is the Football Hour. And it's a good one. With Jake Smith. Seven points out of a possible nine from Pompey's previous three fixtures in the league, all the way from home following a two-all draw away at Oxford United on Tuesday night. Callum Lang, the new boy, thought he would uh, become the hero at the Castam Stadium. Unfortunately, in the 90th minute, James Henry nodding in the equaliser. What are your thoughts on that game, Pompey fans? We want to hear from you between now and seven o'clock as we provide a review of Tuesday's events up in Oxfordshire. We will also be previewing the weekend's visit to Northampton Town to Fratton Park and League One, as well as discussing the big elephant in the room, the January transfer window and the Pompey's deadline day dealings. We'll hear from Jobba Senior, we'll hear from um, Tom McIntyre and Callum Lang himself as well. We'll even hear from Jay Sadler ahead of a big league fixture for the Pompey women on Sunday afternoon. Get your thoughts across to us Blues fans. 81400 is the number you need to text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com tweet using at expressfm or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey live well welcome to february it is friday it's six o'clock and that means it's time for only one thing this is the football hour the football hour driven by stagecoach across the south download the app now from the app store or google play to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey express fm I also lied when I said we'd hear from Callum Lang. We heard from him on Monday, but we will hear from Tom McIntyre, John Massino and Jay Sadler on the show between now and 7 o'clock. We've got two studio guests alongside us, waiting in the wings, ready to give their thoughts on all things Portsmouth Football Club. And we've got a lot to talk about following the conclusion of the January transfer window. Pompey do remain top of League One after that two-all draw with Oxford on Tuesday night. Before we go any further with the show, let's remind ourselves of exactly how it went down at the Castam Stadium in midweek. Every kick, left a great delivery, every goal, curling it past the goalkeeper, every game is right here. Oh, I don't believe it! Pompey Live, what a moment for Pompey! On Express FM. Pompey usual home colours going from left to right as we look at things. We're in the south stand, right down the end of where there would be a west stand that there isn't. Oxford's colours are yellow shirts and socks and dark blue shorts. And now suddenly things open up for Oxford and there's a chance forward outside the penalty area. Goodrum to hit one and Goodrum to score! United have taken the lead just at the end of the first half. Tyler Goodrum shocked as he feels there was a foul in the build-up. Referee says it was a coming together and a mountain for Pompey to climb now. They are 1-0 down. Oxford 1, Porter's 0. Lee throws that in field. Oh, Pax made a mess and Goodrum for the dead ball and pulls it back. And Norris hits it behind with his left foot for an Oxford corner. Half-time whistle goes at the Kassam Stadium. And Portsmouth have a lot of work to do because they find themselves 1-0 down to Oxford United. And in reality, they've not created much. And now to Lane, as Ogilvy on the overlap. It's quite slow as it gets to him. Now Lane to cross it into the middle. Header from Kamara straight at the goalkeeper. Kamara into the box. Kamara, can he pull it back? And the shot from Lang is blocked. And the ball is going to go into the net. And Portsmouth have got themselves back on level terms. And Colby Bishop is claiming it. There were so many people kicking that ball. Forced over and the goal has been given and it's Oxford 
Watson, one port on one. And Goodrum is driving forward for Oxford. He's coming to the penalty area. Lowry just can't let him get away. Oh, Lowry's a bit casual with that uh, defending. It's still loose in the area. The shot's golden, deflects over the bar via Kamara. And it's a corner kick. And Pompey are lucky to still have yeah. parity. Back looking over the top where Lang's made a run. Lang trying to get on into the penalty area. Back to goal, Lang. Needs a bit of help. Good this from Lang. What can he do? Still there, Lang. Lang! You wouldn't believe it! How has he forced that in? Callum Lang on his debut! Pompey have turned it around! Oxford one, Portsmouth two. Callum Lang, the Portsmouth venturer! Lannigan's lurking on the edge of the penalty area. He's wanting it. It's whipped in and it's hit the crossbar and gone up in the air. And Towler is up against Harrison. Harris has got half away from Towler. Danger for Harris here. Harris is shot. He's brilliantly saved by Norris and then put in the back of the net. And Oxford have leveled the game up. And it's James Henry. Pompey couldn't keep Harris away from getting a shot. And all Norris could do was tap it up in the air. And Henry has put the ball in the back of the net. And Oxford have levelled it up at 2-2. And that's a good flick from Odonka. And looking for Odonka in the area. And Odonka could be in here. And his shot is blocked by Raggett behind for another Oxford corner kick. And it finishes 2-2. And Pompey miss out on the chance to go five points clear at the top of the table. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live on Express FM. That's right, and it is Pompey Live here on Express FM. That was the only action on Tuesday night. Pompey 2, Oxford United 2 at the Kassam Stadium, um, where Pompey extended their lead at the top of League 1 to three points over Bolton Wanderers, who do have three games in hand. Um, down in third, Peter United with... Uh, Two games in hand, they're four points behind. Derby County with only one game in hand, also four points behind on 56 points. Barnsley and Oxford United themselves make up the remainder of the top six. Down at the bottom, Fleetwood Town, who seemingly sold everyone during the January transfer window, um, uh, rooted to the, the foot of the table with 19 points, joined alongside Carlisle United, Cheltenham Town, and uh, another team you've probably sold everyone, Reading, uh, in the drop zone as things stand. Well, we've got plenty to discuss between now and 7 o'clock, and I'm delighted to say I've got two people who can talk for England on the show. Uh, first and foremost, uh, good evening to Barry Clements. I'm going to keep my answers short and sweet now just because of that. Oh, please don't. No, I won't. Good to see you. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, not, not too bad. Yeah, not too bad, thank you. It's um, good to be back watching Pompey after a bit of a weekend away. But, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's a shame about the result as well. Look, let's be honest, Oxford on Tuesday night, maybe if you'd offered a point before the game, maybe, maybe, maybe you'd take it. But it's the manner of which it's happened, which is probably frustrated the most. Do you know, I think you'd have taken the point if we'd played them when we were originally supposed to have played them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now, I think, yeah, I think the manner of it, as soon as Lang scores that goal, you think, yeah, this this is three points now. But it is what it is. You take it, you move on. And if we beat Northampton on Saturday, suddenly you sort of forget about it and move on. Mm. And alongside myself and Barry this evening, Mr Joe Wood. Joe, good evening. Good evening, Jake. And uh, seven points out of the last nine fixtures, all the way from home as well. 1-0 win away at Fleetwood, followed by the 1-0 victory away at Port Vale. And that 2 will draw, of course, with Oxford on Tuesday night. Considering the turn of form that had happened over the sort of Christmas and New Year period, it's not a bad return, is it? No, it's not a bad return, but you've got you can kind of view it in two ways, can't you? That they they are three of those the three results that we've had. Two of them came against 
pretty poor opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might make the argument that we are well, we should we should have taken the points. But then you look further back, and at that previous run, <laughs> it didn't look like we were going to get points from anywhere. So realistically, seven points out of those three games. If you'd have, if you'd have offered me that at the beginning, I would have taken it. It does rankle a little bit considering that we probably should have held out against Oxford but yeah it's still top still good still top still good love it man but might be the title of the show tonight still top <laughs> still good like it um, let's go through the game sort of chronologically then Barry 44 minutes had, um, had gone when Tyler Goodrum had taken the lead for Oxford United that was how it remained heading into the interval low shot just outside of or just on the edge of the box um, it's not a bad finish but Maybe a little bit annoying from a Pompey perspective that he went pretty much unchallenged running from the maybe 35, 40 yard mark into the edge of the box. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not a good goal. It's not a good goal for us to concede at all. I think it was it was very frustrating. But it had been that kind of game up to that point, hadn't it? I mean, nothing nothing particularly of note had happened. It was all a bit meh from our perspective, and yeah, just a, a really poor goal to concede. Well, I mean, you, you you say at the beginning, you go, oh, let's go through it chronologically, and the first thing you mention is something happened in the 44th minute. That should kind of give you an indication of what had happened in that first first period. The only people that turned up were the ones to watch the game. Neither side really looked intent on playing football, and then all of a sudden that one moment of breakdown, and they're 1-0 up, and, oh. and, then, and then Pompey decided to, to come to life. Mm. Uh, do excuse me, however, chronologically, that's my mistake. 33rd minute, Joe Morrell had to be substituted. Oh. Um, but in terms of actual sort of goal mouth action, yeah, you're right. It wasn't the most electrifying of first halves, but maybe between two teams, Barry, who cancelled each other out and give it a real good go? Was it a good advert for League One football or was it a, 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 a bad advert for think, two teams that really scrapping for wins? I, th- I think the second half was a, was a relatively good advert. The first half was was an example of two teams that were still in pre-match beers at Hollywood Bowl because that's the only thing you can get at Oxford. So, <laughs> no, I think it was... Um, I think the second half was, was a much, much better advert but the first half was just... It was a, it was a miserable watch, for sure. Mm. Uh, we'll go through the goals first of all before we do touch upon Joe Morrell. In the second half, in the 69th minute, uh, Pompey had equalised. It was Colby Bishop who ran away uh, with the celebrations and claimed the goal. Joe, it, it looked like it just bundled in by somebody. It came off a ricochet of different players. Um, nonetheless, it, it was an equaliser. Maybe a good point of the game as well. I have to say, he is rather good at those horrible, scrappy goals. It, yeah. You know, he he has frustrated me recently with the lack of movement around the 18-yard box. But then it's it's like a different player when he's he's beyond the penalty spot suddenly he comes alive and he, he finds himself in these right positions if only that would sort of extend a little bit further further back towards the centre circle but yeah it wasn't the prettiest goal but at that moment in time you just it didn't matter how it went in it just needed to go in and he did the right thing and and played to the whistle that's the other yeah. that's the other key point there a lot of people would have just given up when the goalkeeper started making a noise about it being kicked out of his hands and <laughs> Frankly, no. You you carry on. You play to the whistle. Actually, again, touching on this, Pompey did that extremely well during this game. Play to the whistle. Mm. There was a um, few moments where Oxford were rather incensed by it, but no, referee referee hasn't stopped it. You carry on, boys. Mm. And it spurred Pompey on because eleven minutes later, Barry they took the lead, and it just had to be the man on his debut coming off the bench, Callum Lang, um, made an instant impact in blue, and. He went through a body of players to try and get that ball into the, into the back of the net and done very well to stay on his feet to do so as well. Look, 
tweeted it from the 1898 account. Uh, I don't want to hype him up too much, but he is Maradona reincarnated, um, <laughs> and he's taken us up. No, it was a it, it was a fantastic goal from him. Uh, really, really good introduction of of what we can hopefully expect from him for the rest of the season. Um, a player that clearly works his absolute socks off. We'll, we'll give you absolutely everything um, until that final whistle. Um, and also with a bit of quality about it as well. So I'm very, very excited to see what Lang can bring to us for the rest of the season and uh, and, and beyond that. But what an introduction. I yeah. mean, and running over to the fans like that as well. I mean, what a start. What a boy. It was a great celebration. And you can see as well, Joe, the pictures from um, Jason Brown as well. Fantastic photographer uh, for, for Portsmouth Football Club. Um, you could see... The team celebrating. They looked in, you know, just buzzing and delighted with that. Tom Lowry as well was. I can't talk. I'm not very tall myself, but he was sort of <laughs> hunched in there trying to get involved. And Mars Pitt Harris was just on the pitch, applauding and and yeah, waving his arm back. But, but clever from him because if he doesn't stay on the pitch, then Oxford can go and kick off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whether he knew that or not, I I don't know. We'll give I, him the benefit yeah. of the doubt and say that he did, and it was clever play. But um, it. The, the the Callum Lang celebration, it's obviously there is a lot of outpour of emotion. We obviously connect with it as it's his first first for the club. But you have to remember it's been an incredibly difficult season for him and a difficult sort of 18 months for him. He's found himself in a bit of limbo at Wigan, struggling for game time. And then he's got the move that he was after, whether it was here or elsewhere. And... With those sorts of moves, you never quite know if it's gonna if it's gonna work out. Now uh, he's twenty five, is it? I believe he's mid twenties. Yeah. Um, he's at that point in his career where it either goes really well or it that's what you are. And and I think coming coming away from a situation that you've known your whole life, being in Wigan, it, that's a big gamble for him. So to score that goal in that manner is probably un just released a massive amount of pressure on him and yeah. and hopefully that'll that'll see him through for the rest of the season we'll talk more on Callum Lang some new signings at Fratton Park as well as more uh, from Tuesday's game as well um, and we'll also touch upon Joe Morrell too because he came off injured very early on in that match at the Kassam Stadium but just throwing back to before kickoff, Tom McIntyre the defender from Reading he'd been heavily linked with mood to Fratton Park for a couple of days prior to Tuesday it was announced shortly before kickoff at the Kassam Stadium and earlier this week he caught up with our very own George Wedlake and here's what he had to say after his very first training session yeah I'm delighted um, it's, it's a brilliant club with a lot of history and um, the project that the manager and, and Rich put in front of me was one that I really wanted to be a part of and I think will bring the best out of me as a player and yeah progress my career in the in the right way yeah so when did you arrive down here what's been happening did you catch the Oxford game I watched a little bit of the Oxford game last night down here yesterday signing and doing my medical and stuff um, but yeah, it's all new for me. I've, I've not had a different club in my career. I've never been on loan or anything. So, yeah, it was all new, but really exciting. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm over the moon, really. So as a new experience then, um, training with a whole bunch of new teammates, what was that like? Yeah, it's interesting. You, you have to get to know the lads. And yeah, I've met so many different people in the last day or so that names have gone right out the window. But I'll get there in the end. And, um, yeah, it's just it's tough at first because you're feeling people out and, and stuff like that. But, no, it's, they're a great bunch of lads so far. And, and I, I look forward to working with them all. So how did the move come about for you then? I heard about the interest probably in, in December time. Um, it had been a bit frustrating season for me. I'd not played anywhere near as much as I'd have liked at Reading. And um, yeah, I know that going forward, I didn't back my chances really of getting much game time, which was annoying. And uh, that's um, a big reason as to why I've, I've 
come and, and the project, like I say, that was put in front of me and, and how big the club is and yeah, how passionate the fans are. I think it's something that anyone would be excited about. So when they when they came and, and asked what my situation was, it was a, a no-brainer, yeah. Uh, so you posted quite an emotional statement on Twitter upon leaving Reading. How much of a difficult decision was that for you? Yeah, it was really difficult and it's a strange one, really. I, I, I miss Reading for what it was when I first sort of grew up loving the club and, and I still love the club don't get me wrong but it's changed so much and, and it's sad to see really and you wish you could sort of change things along the way but yeah I enjoyed my time there and I'll still be a fan but my, my full focus is on on Pompey at the minute yeah so in a couple of weeks time the two sides play each other how are you yeah. feeling about that one at the moment well yeah um it'd be good to see some familiar faces but again on a, on a match day there's no friends yeah my, my team's Pompey now so yeah there won't be any no loyalties there at all so um they're looking to get the win, yeah. And I guess that's something you haven't done yet either, playing against a, a former club. Yeah, it'll be strange, and don't get me wrong, when they're playing other teams, I'll be, I'll be backing them, but, but not us now. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be going to be weird, um, but that's, that's football, isn't it? And um, it's very rare that a player stays for their whole career, and it was, it was time for me to move on, yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, they haven't seen you play yet, how would you describe yourself as a footballer? I'm comfortable on the ball, like the physical side of defending, put my body on the line, that's... Um, pretty strong in the air and um, yeah, I like to be positive with my play and the fact that I like to bring the ball up the pitch and um, yeah, be progressive with my, with my passing and um, yeah, I'd say those are my main qualities. Yeah. Has the manager outlined his expectations for you yet? Have you had that chat? Yeah, I spoke to the manager. Um, we've had a few conversations and I know what's expected and um, yeah, I think the plan and uh, his philosophy fits, fits my style and I think it will hopefully bring the best out of me. Have you got any personal goals or targets? Try and break in the side, get as many games as I can. But again, the main focus, I think, is promotion, I'd say. And yeah, personal goals are great. But if the team's aims aren't going the right way, then you're never going to achieve things personally. So yeah, it's the team first. And then I'll think about that along the line. And having been part of a championship set up yourself, uh, has the club got what it takes, in your opinion? Definitely. I've, I've come here and um, I've been speaking to a few people and it's things have improved massively I think in the last few years and uh, yeah I've been so impressed with the facilities and the, the food and uh, yeah the gym and stuff and yeah it's, it's been brilliant yeah and finally I read somewhere that you're you like to game and you've got a twitch account is that right yeah it was a bit of a lockdown thing really um, I don't do that anymore really yeah it was a lockdown thing and yeah I had a bit of fun with it but no not so much now yeah games of choice I'm, I'm a Call of Duty fan, so um, yeah, I play a lot of that with my mates. But yeah, streaming was a was a lockdown thing. I was a bit bored in lockdown, and uh, yeah, had a bit of fun on there. So, but yeah, not FIFA, FC 24. Uh, it's yeah, I, I get on with that for about two weeks when it comes out, and then I'll put that to the side. Um, but yeah, no, I like I like gaming in my spare time. Yeah. I had a look this morning. You got a rating of 68. What would you say to that? I'm not happy because I think it went down from last year. So yeah, I don't know how that works, but. Uh, is what it is, yeah. <laughs> Try to build it up for next year, I guess. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I was just disappointed on my passing, really. I think my passing's way down, and uh, I'd like that to be a bit higher. There you go, then. The thoughts of Tom McIntyre speaking to uh, George Wedlake earlier this week about his move to Fratton Park and also his gaming insights and what he thinks about his card on FC24 as well. That's uh, something new. <laughs> really good to hear from uh, from Tom McIntyre there. Um, Joe, a signing announced pre-game um, on Tuesday night. Tom McIntyre, defender from Reading. It's an undisclosed fee, but heavily reported to be not that much for a player who's probably worth a little bit more from a club who don't really have a leg to stand on. That's what happens when clubs enter that situation. We've literally We've seen, seen this before. film before. Yeah. Um, you know, 
it's really tough because you don't you don't want to see clubs go to the wall. You don't want to see them nope. go out of out of business. And at the end of the day, this is a competitive environment. Pompey picking up Tom McIntyre for the nominal fee they did. Mm. It, that's good business, and it, it exemplifies everything that this leadership group has been about. Mm making strong business decisions, strong footballing decisions. And, yeah, you can't can't really complain. It's fantastic. And a centre-back by trade, Barry, um, a young, young one of that as well, with a lot of years to come ahead of him, with um, an exciting sort of potential as well, built by many who have been surrounded by him over the last couple of years as his journey has gone through the Reading Academy and really a position, and we'll talk about the other transfers as well in the next part of the show, but a position that Pompey probably needed to fill to get over the line this season. Yeah, I think so. I think we've needed to fill it ever since ever since Paul went off injured uh, at Chesterfield. So, yeah, it's um, it, it's it's good depth to have. Obviously, young but has got a lot of experience in in League One and uh, in the Championship as well. So, yeah, look, it's it, it's it's a sensible deal for all parties. It's a it's a good price for us. Um, Reading get what they need um, in terms of in terms of money, and we get a good young prospect to, to hopefully grow with us. Um, and can we also shout out Max Watson for the transfer announcements <laughs> over the last couple of years? They've just been absolutely unbelievable. I mean, to do royally blue. I mean, it's a certain it's ah. a certain type of housery that I'm not going to mm-hmm. say on on the airs that that was just absolutely incredible. As was the uh, I'm sure we're going to get onto him shortly, but the Owen Moxon announcement yeah. as well with Made in Carlisle. I mean, it's just. It, <laughs> what a man Max is <laughs> big up Max we won't give him too much credit because um, you know he's, he gets enough no, he needs more he, he needs more <laughs> I've known him for years. We'll call up Matt Barker. We'll get him a pay rise and everything. I think he deserves it. (laughs) We'll get more um, on Max Swatton, maybe, as well. (laughs) And we'll also get more on uh, Pompey's January transfer dealings. I say January. It went into February. The deadline was yesterday evening. Pompey did make one deadline day signing. Owen Moxon, the midfielder from Carlisle United, with one departure from PO4 as well. We'll talk about that when the Football Hour returns next. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5. A bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10. Bundles of ten day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Yes, welcome back to the Footblowers. You just heard there for the fans, by the fans. Nothing but passionate, pompy discussion every Monday and Friday between 6 and 7 o'clock. Tonight I'm joined alongside both Barry Clements and Joe Wood to go through Tuesday's 2 all draw for Pompey away at Oxford United, what that means to the League One table. And later on we'll preview the visit of Northampton Town to Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon. We'll also hear from Jay Sadler ahead of a trip to Ipswich in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. Right, on to some emails now and thank you very much for Linda for getting in touch. Uh, she says it felt like it was two points lost on Tuesday it was not a good first half but a better second I was disappointed with the goals we conceded especially the second one but what a start for Callum Lang and a very good goal as well I think the owners have backed John Messino in the summer and this transfer window where we have brought in some very good players and they've also spent on updating Fratton Park as well 
All we can do is put pressure on the chasing pack by winning our games and hoping that they slip up. Linda on the emails there. And, yeah, just want to touch upon that. Um, the equaliser from Tuesday night, Barry, James Henry, nodding it in. Um, there's a lot to pick apart from it because I believe it was Mark Harris who was darting towards goal on the counter-attack. Um, Riley Towler was his man. He was covering him. Um, he did lose him and, and the shot went on goal. Will Norris wasn't quite strong enough to keep it out of the danger area or catch it and it fell very kindly to uh, James Henry on, on the line. Um, is there any, anyone to point a blame at? Is there any need to point blame at anyone? It, does it just go down as something that needs to be improved and that's it? Yeah, I mean, funny enough, Joe and I were talking about this in the car on the way over and I said to him, for me, three people have made almost half a mistake. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, Towler probably could deal with it a little bit better. Raggett probably dropped off at the wrong time and uh, and Norris has obviously not got a strong enough hand on it to push it wide, mm -hmm. which, you know, you, you would have hoped that he's done. In isolation the three of those mistakes aren't a big deal but because they all happened so quickly together it's just yeah. uh, unfortunate timing for us and, and very very fortunate for Oxford so I don't think you can pin the blame on any one of them I just think it's it, it was a poor period of play for us that unfortunately the timing was just awful but it is what it is. All three of them are, are, are good players and have, yeah. have earned us more points than they've lost us so I think you can you can forgive and forget and, and move on really and I guess you, you, you do get what you, you're given sometimes, Joe. The amount of times Pompey have come back from losing positions this season, that was actually the eighth time on Tuesday night that Pompey had come back from a losing position to get at least a point from a game. The previous seven happened in the first 15 league match days of the season. Tuesday was match day number 30. So almost half the games had, had been played and Pompey hadn't come back from behind to get at least a point. Granted, they haven't been behind on many occasions, but it goes to show that the likes of Bristol Rovers, that match, the Cheltenham game, the Leighton Orient game, of course, at Fratton Park, it goes to show how bad those performances were. But mm. we know that this team's got the strength in them to at least claw a result out of somewhere and it hasn't happened for so long. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about, I don't know about you two, but even though it has been that long since... Pompey had picked up points from a losing position I still always had that feeling that they might do it which is not something I'd have had with previous squads so there is a difference between what's going on now and, and, and previous years but yeah it, it was a bit of a troubling troubling thing at the time and, and certainly when Pompey went 1-0 down on Tuesday I, Barry and I were watching it together and we just both said well you might as well just end it now because <laughs> they were they were that poor up to that point yeah. and then and then a few things ha changed the, the formation change was a big part of it and then all of a sudden they looked like a completely different team mm. and it, it was fantastic and it's not an easy place to go Barry first of all it's in Oxfordshire <laughs> second of all you risk your car getting hit by a ball and do. third of all it's just not an easy place for Pompey to go anyway because it quite often ends in a draw at the Cassam Stadium you can almost bet your life on it but Pompey and Oxford at the Cassam will be a draw oh it's almost a guarantee at this point right yeah. um, like you say you, you, your car's going to get hit by a ball depending on who's starting up front thankfully yeah. John Marcus was sold so not all the time <laughs> but um, you know you're guaranteed to have to go to the Hollywood Bowl and I know I've already mentioned that but Jesus Christ the Hollywood Bowl being your local <laughs> is ludicrous to me um, and yeah we just we just can't seem to win there it's, it's one of those awful awful places where we just hate it for some reason from memory I think the only two times we've one there in recent seasons has either been in the trophy or behind closed doors. 
you might well be right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so. and if you are, what a pluck that is, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm right. I'll have to get the fact check on that later. Into the depths of your brain to pull that yeah. one out. Mm. Yeah, and there's a lot in there right now. <laughs> um, right, moving on from Oxford and on to the transfer window then. We, we've spoken in recent weeks about Matt Macy, of course. He's arrived um, from well, being a free agent. He's here until the end of the season, at least. Uh, Miles Peard-Harris arrived on loan from Brentford. He had a great debut at Port Vale and continued to really impress, I think, on Tuesday night at Oxford. But the three signings we haven't had the chance to talk about in recent weeks. Um, first of all, Callum Lang. We mentioned he scored on his debut, Joe. Just very quickly, a word on him. The rival from Wigan Athletic, very difficult to try and prime away from a team he's been with for so long and for a team that really adored to him as well. Yeah, he just needed a new start, um, bottom line. Um, I think it it spoke volumes about the kind of person and player he is Mm. with the messages that you saw from Wigan fans and and players when he left. Um, There wasn't this massive witch hunt and bonfire of, of, of hate coming towards him it was a lot of people wishing him the best and yeah. I think that says a lot for the as I say the player and the and the person actually reminded me quite a lot sorry to butt yeah. in but it actually reminded me of when Watmore left us yeah. uh, in the sense that all the fans just wanted him to have yeah. success moving forward got to see him go but fair enough I think yeah. both parties needed something new yeah, absolutely. And we've already spoken about Tom McIntyre. So really that comes on to the fifth signing, Barry, which was on deadline day, uh, Thursday morning. Owen Moxon coming in from Carlisle United. Mm. Now, it was heavily reported that it was going to be done on Wednesday night. It wasn't. Uh, they kept it until Thursday morning, kept us all on our toes. But he arrives from Carlisle United for an undisclosed fee again. We we don't know the number in that one, or I don't know the number of that one anyway. Um, somebody who comes in just days after the injury that's been sustained to Joe Morrell on Tuesday night. Apparently, Joe Morrell heard a pop from his knee, mm. um, and we know he had struggles at Fleetwood a couple of weeks ago as well. Given Pompey's injury record this season, it probably doesn't look good, and you could probably know in our luck he'll be out until the end of the season. We don't know anything. It might only be a week. It might be a month. We don't know anything mm. right now. Hopefully, we'll hear more from it, and we do know that Joe Morrell had a scan today. But that did really force the club into a situation where they had to act quickly with the transfer window closing very quickly. Um, do you think it was a good decision to get somebody like Owen Moxon to come in? A, whether or not Joe Morrell's out for the end of the season or not. B, it's good cover if he's back soon. He's is, is a really good squad player to have. A really, really good squad player to have. I think um, I think it would have been good business regardless of what happened with Joe on uh, on Tuesday. So, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted I'm delighted he's come. Obviously, played a lot of League 2 football for his age and um, obviously decent amount of League 1 experience as well. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm very, very glad that he's here. Um, but I think he played all but all but one game last season for them in the league, and you know, fifteen assists and and quite a few goals on top of that as well. So, yeah, I think again, it's 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 really good, sensible business that's relatively low risk. He he does kind of resolve a problem that I think Portsmouth have been having recent in recent times. We 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 do have a lot of the ball. That's great, good. When you've got it, they can't score. Fantastic. <laughs> but the problem is, nobody seems to want to take a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, Moxon does change that. He is quite comfortable having a go from from distance. Mm. And just a brief look at his statistics, 48% of those are, in fact, on target. So you're looking at one in two. And you know what? I don't mind if, if just... 
one player in that in that group yeah. is is taking the ball and going. Do you know what? From twenty five yards out, I'm just going to have a hit. Well, look, Abu Kamara did it. Oh, exactly. And he went straight. Well, straight at the keeper and he fumbled it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and but this is this is the thing. We're 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 creating very little in these. Yeah. In the in the final third, that is clear cut because teams are dropping so deep. So sometimes it does just require someone to go. Do you know, what? I'm just going to put my foot through it. Yeah. So the arrivals in January and February for Pompey: um, Matt Macy, Miles Peter Harris, uh, Tom McIntyre, Callum Lang, and Owen Moxon. Uh, Destiny Ojo has also been recalled from his loan at Pool Town, and Denver Hume has left Pompey. Um, he mutually agreed to terminate his contract, and he's joined Grimsby Town um, as a free agent um you can read more about all of those signings and the departure of denver hume in full detail full statistics and and the profiles of these players over expressfm.com and the expressfm app if we could talk about it all night tonight we would but we'd be here for hours um just a quick word on denver hume barry that was probably an announcement that we all saw coming and quite frankly a player who's not had game time under really danny cowley or john bassino and deserves somewhere to go and have a crack at it and really invigorate his career back on track yeah, I hope he does really well. I never had any issue with him. I thought, you know, when we did see him, he was he was okay. He had some good spells. He had some bang average spells, but clearly not fancied by by two managers. So go and go and be a success somewhere else. Mm. And we mentioned uh, De- Destiny Ojo being recalled from his loan at Pool Town. Um, no other news on him. We don't know if he's going to be sent out alone again, but unlikely to be the case. But what we do know, um, as reported by uh, Chris Wise on Deadline Day, that Pompey were rumoured to be in for an unnamed uh, exciting young prospect. Um, a, a deal that fell through. That's also been confirmed by the likes of Neil Allen and uh, Andrew Moon as well. Chris Wise has reported that that unnamed player is 20-year-old attacking midfielder Jaden Raymond from Crystal Palace. But apparently that move uh, fell through through so that might be why um destiny ojo has come back from pool and it's worth noting it fell through on the crystal palace end yes not, oh, Pompey's. not Pompey's end. so yep. so we obviously were prepared to 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 pay the, the fee or whatever yep. so yeah that's the dis- well the frustrating thing i guess about transfer windows joe that you know you've got to rely on other teams um for, for their deals to go through and it's it's a real big domino effect um, when you're a club trying to sign a player because you've got to wait for other teams business to be done and unfortunately like that one it's it's one that pompey's fan- pompey's hand has been forced to to not go through with it because crystal palace can't can't go through it themselves but considering the players that have been recruited it's probably not the end of the world because maybe he doesn't get into the team this season anyway. He's, he's one for the future, not necessarily a star from Saturday. No, not not the end of the world at all. Um, to, to bring in five players of the calibre that, that we have over this period of time is absolutely brilliant. Really, really good stuff. Um, I wonder what the, the light aircraft brigade will make of that. Um, but, you know, we, we said the moment that Paul got injured... This is the moment that this ownership group need to come out and make a real statement and start putting their money where their mouth is. And do you know what? <laughs> They've gone and done it. Yeah. So hands up. You can't you can't criticise them for that. No. Um, it, it now kind of just it, it's on the manager. It's on the players. Get it done. It's that simple. Let us know your thoughts back home as well, Pompey fans. 81400 is the number of a text. Start your messages with the word express. All the usual ways at ExpressFM over on Twitter or X, if you want to call it that now. Pompey Live at ExpressFM is the uh, Facebook uh, handle. And, of course, you can download the ExpressFM app via the Apple app and Google Play Store. We've got an email from Dave coming in and a few from uh, X as well. But before we come on to them, just a quick mention about Cassini Yengi. He would likely be linking back up with a Pompey squad early 
earlier than we'd all thought. Not for tomorrow, that'll be way too soon. Uh, but the reason I say that is because Australia have been knocked out of the Asian Cup at the quarter-final stage. They have been defeated just in the last half an hour or so after extra time to South Korea. Tottenham's Son Hoing Min uh, scored in the 104th minute and uh, South Korea advanced to the semi-final stages. So Cassini Yenge in Australia are out of the Asia Cup. So like I say, I don't think he'll be back in time for tomorrow's tri- uh, visit in Northampton, but maybe... Maybe next week, Cassini Yenge will be back in contention um, if he's uh, shaking off that jet lag because it's not just down the road. Oh, no, Qatar. It's not quite. It's not in Australia, is it? It's in Qatar, but hey-ho. Maybe he'll be back for next week. Right, on to the Pompey women, then, before we come on to tomorrow's visit at Northampton to Fratton Park. Last weekend, they were victorious away at Ipswich Town at the AGL Arena in the National League Cup quarterfinals. And their reward for that in the semi-final stage for a second consecutive season is another long journey, this time... They're travelling to Newcastle United in the semi-final of the National League Cup. The other fixture, Halifax versus Hashtag United. So uh, can Pompey go one better and get to the final of the National League Cup this season? We'll find out in a few weeks' time. They travel to Newcastle United. But this weekend, they've got a big, big league fixture. They want to maintain their position at the top of the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. Uh, Much like Pompey, they're top of their respective third tier. They're two games in hand on second place hashtag and this weekend they go to yet again Ipswich Town for a second consecutive weekend here's what boss Jay Sadler has had to say ahead of that one yeah there, there is a deadline day uh, mainly for the professional teams um, those in the Super League and Championship that was the last day of January however as we're operating on contracts um, on the FIFA regulation um, that will st- that will be inactive for, for, for us so we won't be able to make any transfers or, or loan deals um, now, but we can pick up obviously players on on free agents um, if if we if we deem necessary. But right now, we we've got a lot of faith um, and confidence in the group of players we have, um, the 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 strength and depth um, that we've built and recruited and retained um, will enable us to to hit these games, these upcoming games, um, with with a lot of quality um, competing amongst each other. So, no, we're we're looking forward, obviously to the game Sunday and we know Ipswich very well having played them last Sunday and we know what areas we probably need to um, strengthen um, and improve upon if if we're to get the result with inside 90 and we're going to need to utilise the the whole squad to do so. We're obviously excited with the draw and pitting ourselves against a northern team and a a team that we haven't faced before I believe in our history Um, a team that obviously generate a superb support um, similar to the support um, we get down south and it's going to be a fantastic occasion Um, semi-final of a cup competition both teams um, will be given everything they can to progress to a a national cup final and last year we got to this stage we we had a trip to Nottingham Forest it it didn't go the way we wanted to on the day and and we were one step away from a final And, and this year um, we've highlighted the final as as, as our ambition, um, and obviously Newcastle standing away, and it's it's going to make for a, a very exciting game um, when it does come along. Obviously, before that, we we obviously have another trip to to Ipswich. Um, this time um, in the league, um, it was a a very challenging game. Um, last Sunday, um, not only physically playing 120 plus minutes, but but also mentally, um, Ipswich are a very good footballing team. They they pose a lot of threat. Um, they they posed a lot of challenge on the day, and we had to find a number of solutions to get through that game unscathed and and, and to essentially win the game. So, 
no injuries um, uh, to boot. We, we've still got another session um, for our final preparation, um, but it's going to be an exciting challenge for sure. There is a challenge when playing the same team back-to-back. You always question whether you need to change anything. Um, do you need to change the system, the personnel, your strategy? Or do you believe in, and we have a thorough process and with how we play? And we've got an identity to how we want to play and, and we won't go too far away from our principles. However, as I said earlier, um, we might have to tweak our game plan slightly and with some of the, the problems they did throw us in game and, and we had to find solutions and we're going to have to be adaptable um, for whatever they throw our way um, come Sunday. Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler looking ahead to Sunday's trip to the AGL Arena where they take on Ipswich Town in the FA Women's uh, Southern Premier Division of the National League. Right, on to Pompey's men after the break and a preview of tomorrow's visit of Northampton Town to Fratton Park and also for pre-match thoughts of John Massinio too. Don't go anywhere. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Portsmouth's Express FM. Great to have you alongside us this evening. If you've missed any of this evening's show or you just want to listen back to the show because you just like us that much, do head over to the Express FM website, the app, and of course the Apple and Google podcast apps as well. You can also download us on Spotify. This evening's show will be uploaded in around about 20 to 30 minutes after 7 o'clock ticks over. An email here from Dave Byrne who says, Good evening, Jake. Our supporters can have no complaints this year, um, can we? Although I if we don't promote, uh, get promoted, then many still will. The owners have supported the management team and they have delivered during this transfer window. A talented squad has been topped up further with even more ability in key areas. With everybody fit with team selection will be a frightening task and regular friendly matches could be necessary. Now it's very much over to the coaches and players to end the season the way we started it. Dave Byrne on the emails there. Right, we're going to hear more from both Barry and Joe in just a few moments time, but let's take a closer look into this weekend's opposition for Pop with Kirsty Roxanne. The Blues ended their streak of three consecutive away games with a draw at the Kassam Stadium. A 90th minute header from substitute James Henry equalised the sides after what had been a triumphant second half display from the Blues. This week's opposition. Colby Bishop's 15th goal of the season had levelled things for Pompey in the second half, for debutant Callum Lang made the dream start to life in blue with a goal to give his new side the lead on 80 minutes. Though the celebrations lasted just 10 minutes and the game ended in a draw. This weekend, we're finally back off to Fratton Park and next up, the opponents are Northampton Town. Manager. John Brady is a man in the dugout for the Cobblers. Brady started his playing career at Wickham Wanderers, however, he didn't break into the first team and joined Hayes via Spell in Norway. The former Australian winger also played for Rushton and Diamonds, Woking, Chester City, Stevenage, Hereford United and Cambridge United, as well as a loan spell at Kidderminster Harry's. In total, Brady played 307 league games, scoring 27 goals. He was then appointed manager of Brackley Town in 2009 and stepped down in September 2015. He then joined Northampton Town as under-16s coach and was then promoted to under-18s coach a year later. 
Following the sacking of Keith Curl in 2021, Brady was placed in temporary charge of the first team. The 49-year-old was awarded the League Two Manager of the Month award in March 2023 after leading his side to 13 points from five matches. At the end of the 2022-23 season, Northampton were promoted to League One automatically in third place. Just a fortnight ago, Brady renewed his contract with the club on improved terms with a side then ninth in League One. One to watch. Fulham Loney, Kieran Bowie is the one to keep tabs on this time around. The 21-year-old started his career with Scottish side Wraith Rovers and he helped the club to a Scottish League One title and therefore promoted to the Championship. Bowie officially joined Fulham in July 2020 after a contract agreement had been made in February. The forward joined Northampton on a season-long loan in July 2022 when the side were in the fourth division. Bowie then rejoined the now League One outfit on a season-long loan last summer. Bowie wears the number 19 shirt for the Cobblers. Top scorer. Attacking midfielder Sam Hoskins is still the current top goal scorer. Hoskins joined the Southampton Academy and worked his way through the ranks there, making his debut in a 3-1 Carabao Cup victory over Swindon Town. He then had loan spells at Preston North End, Rotherham United and Stevenage for signing with newly promoted championship side Yeovil Town on a two-year deal in June 2013. During his time at Yeovil, Hoskins had a loan spell at Barnet before signing for Northampton on a 12-month contract in 2015. He then went on to sign a new and improved two-and-a-half-year deal in February 2016. Last April, Hoskins won the EFL League Player of the Season award and was also named the Cobblers Player of the Season. The 30-year-old scored the only goal of the game in a 1-0 victory over Tramir Rovers to secure Northampton's automatic promotion back to League One at the end of last season. Hoskins has recently signed a new contract, tying in with the club until 2026. With 14 league goals so far this season and making him the top goal scorer, Hoskins wears the number nine shirt. Current form. The Cobblers currently sit ninth in the League One standings, with their recent five games producing three victories, one draw and one defeat. John Brady's side of an away record this campaign of five wins, one draw and seven defeats. They have gathered more points on home soil this season. The last time these sides met was at Sixfields on a freezing cold December afternoon, just under two months ago. A brace on that day from Paddy Lane and a header from Sean Raggett saw the result read a 3-0 victory for the Blues, with many Northampton fans on social media claiming that John Massino's side were like Man City in disguise. Can the Blues mark their return to PO4 with a win and maintain their place at the top of League One? All of the missile action on Pompey Live. Well, I'm sure I hope so, Kirsty. Pompey hosting Northampton Town at Thratton Park tomorrow afternoon, looking for a fourth game in a row without defeat and hoping to get back to winning ways on home soil. Right, let's time, Let's hear now from the head coach, John Messino. We heard from um, Tom McIntyre speaking to George Wedlake at the Blues training ground earlier this week, but Gaffer has been doing that as well. And with seven out of nine points taken from the last three games, John Messino was asked if he's happy with that return. I think if you'd have asked me before the three games... I think we probably would have taken seven points off the back of a really poor display at Orient and a couple of clean sheets, four goals. It does seem like it's been a good return and I think when we get a bit of perspective on it, that's that's not a bad return for three tough away trips. I just think the circumstances of the game last night in particular mean that we're just coming away from that ruin, not having taken nine points from the three games and conceded just one goal. That's the most frustrating thing, I think. That um, Yeah, I think overall we, we would have taken it. We've got to get a bit of perspective on where we are in the season. We've managed to get to 60 points from 30 games, um, which is was on track, but I just think we could have done a bit more. Yeah, much like the Port Vale game, really. Oxford last night had a very frantic and hectic ending to it. Now you've had time to sort of, you know, sleep on it. What is your assessment of that game? 
I think they were just two very different endings to the game. The Port Vale game was frantic because there was a fan on the pitch, there was a penalty fanfare, but we actually defended well towards the back end. We didn't get caught on the counter. I thought we saw the game out really well in terms of blocks, crosses, all of those sort of things. And it was a bit of the opposite, I think, last night. We created our own problems. There was no, there were no issues externally that we had to deal with. We went 2-1 up and the game was sort of petering out and then for the last five or six minutes we had a goal kick and we didn't deal with it. We left ourselves 3v3 at the back inexplicably and then even when he went to 2-2, there were chances at both ends, but um, you know we conceded a couple of chances. I just thought we got really, really sloppy, switched off, and um, it was just bizarre, really, because we've been so, so in control up until that point. Uh, Callum Lang, impressive debut, came on as a substitute in the second half. First of all, what do you make of his performance? I mean, he, he made things happen, he scored, he assisted, I thought he was excellent, he ran forward, passed forward, looked like he was a live wire, and that's exactly why we brought him into the football club. So I think it was really positive signs from, from Callum early on, and hopefully we see a lot more of that. He did well to get that goal too, because at one point it looked like he was kind of getting pushed back out the box, and he managed to turn and get it in. What were your reactions when that went in? I, you know, I was I was delighted at that point. I think when we, when we equalised, it was sort of muted celebrations from the bench, because I thought we need to push on and get the get the second, but then uh, to react like we did, it was it was one of those things where sometimes if you get the equaliser away from home, um, you know sometimes the end take five yards back. We didn't. We we stepped on the front foot again. We we got going. Uh, we looked like the dominant team going forward, and I thought thoroughly deserved to go two on ahead. So I was I was delighted with the fact that we we'd done that because I thought certainly up until the whistle at half time I didn't think we'd been great, but beyond that I thought we were definitely the dominant side. So deserved to go two one up. Delighted for, for Callum. Delighted for the team. And at that point, I you know I was really confident that we'd hold on. There was a change of shape in the second half as well. Three at the back, we saw it again. A couple of weeks ago, you mentioned that might be an option. Now, do you see it as more of an option? Because things started to change, didn't it, after that? Yeah, I, I think that the, the the shape change, obviously, with uh, a couple of reasons we wanted to get an extra attacking player on the pitch, and Terry was really struggling with the shoulder until we didn't have a right back. Um, it obviously uh, affected the game because we got another forward on. I do think we, we probably could have affected the game by, by bringing Callum on anyway because you know he ran forward he passed forward he made things happen and, and that's actually rather than I thought the shape in the first half and parts of the second half I didn't think that was the issue I thought we were just a bit too negative in our play in the way that we um, approached the game so that was more of the issue for me I think we've been excellent for a lot of games with the back four uh, going to a three gives us a bit more attacking threat a lot of the time sometimes it goes the other way if you want to go to a back five but it gives us a bit more of an attacking threat with the two wing backs as well so yeah definitely an option that we can use um, from the start of games and, and also as we as we go on and chase games as well. And what's the latest with Joe Morrell? Uh, Joe's going to have a scan on Friday, so just taking precautions today and seeing how he is Friday. And how's Devlin now? Terry's OK. He's, he's taken a bit of a battering to the shoulder, not dislocated, no uh, ligament damage, no break, but he's a bit sore, so we'll see how that is in the next couple of days. So a couple in through the door since we last spoke. First up, Tom McIntyre. How happy are you to see him come in? Yeah, Tom's a, a player of, of you know massive amount of experience. He's played most of his career in the Championship, and and uh, you know he's been one of Reading's outstanding players for a number of years now. So brings a, a wealth of experience. Very very calm, composed defender, who who knows how to keep the ball out of the back of the net as well. So we're very very pleased to to have him on board. I think it's a really good signing. Owen Moxon coming in through the door too. You must be delighted. Yeah, Owen's a player that we've we've had an eye on for a while. I think one of the outstanding players in League Two last season. Got Carlisle promoted, and has been very very good this year in a, in a struggling side. So um, one of 
Ronaldo's that I think is is a really good fit for the football club. He's a mobile, athletic central midfielder that can handle the ball as well. I think he can play in any of those positions in the middle of the park. Uh, he's also very good at set pieces and he's got a good eye for goal. And how likely is it that we'll see these two feature quite soon in the starting 11? I'm not sure about starting 11, but yeah, they're both fit and available for selection at the weekend. Northampton, then they, they visit Frasson Park next. Can you tell us about them as a team? Yeah, Northampton are a, a good side. I think they've exceeded expectations this season. We, we obviously beat them up at their place, but I think it's a very different Northampton side in, in personnel and the way they approach the game that are going to come to Fratton on Saturday. And uh, if you look outside of the top six, clubs competing for the top six, there, there are a couple of clubs in and around um, that have just sort of probably late in Orient and Northampton's that have um, really exceeded expectations. They're, they're doing some very, very good things and, and John and his team have got them going. So like, we expect a really good game, a, a tough test, a side who have um, beaten some big clubs in yeah, sort of recent months and certainly since us, since we played them at their place, they've gone on a really good run as well. Yeah, that was quite a comfortable 3-0 win for your side last time out. Are you expecting something similar this time? No, I, I never expect a comfortable game. I think if the outcome is that we, we win comfortably, then great, but there's um, certainly no expectation of, of a comfortable game. You know, it might have seemed like the scoreline was comfortable at Northampton, but I thought the game was difficult and um, it swung on a couple of moments, particularly us scoring just after the, the start of the second half and really putting the game to bed. So we haven't really had an easy game all season. You know, we, we've, um, we have beat a couple of sides in Leighton Orient and Northampton and Shrewsbury the ones that, that spring to mind but there was a lot of hard work that went into that John Messina there speaking to George Wedlake earlier this week ahead of tomorrow's visit at Northampton Town I love the, uh, the the comment there we've beaten a couple of sides yeah 17 matches out of 30 you've only beaten a couple of sides John uh, 9 draws and 4 defeats 60 points on the board after 30 matches can the Blues extend their lead at the top of the table tomorrow afternoon a couple of other games to note there is an early kickoff in League 1 it is the illustrious Thames Valley Derby at 12.30 between Oxford United and Reading. Uh, Bolton hosts Barnsley at 3 o'clock. All of these 3 o'clockers. Uh, Burton versus Lincoln. Charlton versus Derby County. Cheltenham hosts Wickham. Exeter City at home to Bristol Rovers. Port Vale travelled to Fleetwood. Leighton Orient play host to Carlisle United. Peterborough at home to Wigan Athletic. Shrewsbury versus Cambridge. And Stevenage versus Blackpool. Rounds off a full fixture list in League One tomorrow afternoon. Like I mentioned, only one game not kicking off at 3 o'clock. That is the Thames Valley Derby between Oxford United and Reading. Never heard of that one before, lads. It's not going to lie. Nope. Nope. Nope, wouldn't have pegged that cool. as a derby at all. Any of those other games, uh, derbies we didn't know about that are more uh, famously named for police forces? Bolton versus Barnsley is the team beginning with the name the letter B derby, <laughs> I guess you could call Great. it. Great, yeah, yeah. That, that's a big game. Deserves uh, a late uh, kick off that one. Whew, yeah. yeah. Other than that, I don't think so. No. Uh, right, score prediction time. Marcus Deacons on the emails going for a 2 1 Pompey win. Barry Clements, what do you reckon? Oh, good question. Uh, let's go 2 0. Why not? 2 0? Yeah. I was going to go 2-0 as well, but now I'm forced into going 3-0. Uh, well, Adam Lang? Yeah. Maradona yeah, reincarnate. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't change my prediction because I was on Express Breakfast this morning with Ian James <laughs> and I did say 2-0 as well. So I'd be cheating if I gave you a different prediction. Right, Pompey Live back tomorrow afternoon with all of the unmissable action live from Fratton Park from 2. Here we go. Pompey Live. After coming from behind to lead 2-1 away at Oxford, ultimately a point is all Pompey got. And it finishes 2-2 and Pompey miss out on the chance to go five points clear at the top of the table. And after three straight away games, it's ninth place Northampton at Pier 4 next. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday afternoon from 2. Every kick, every goal, every game is right here on Express FM. Pompey Live. With Aquacars. 
Yep, join us and the team on Pompey Live tomorrow afternoon to see if Pompey can get back to winning ways against Northampton Town. We'll have all of your coverage live from PO4 from 2 o'clock. It is a 3pm kickoff, and that is sandwiched in between what is a big day here on Express FM. We'll be live from Icebreaker Festival between 11am, that is of course in the morning, and 11pm in the evening with Pompey Live really interrupting between 2 and 6 o'clock. So a big day tomorrow after 11 o'clock live from Icebreaker Festival. Be sure to tune in for that in Guinness wakes you up with Saturday breakfast between 8 and 11 o'clock beforehand. Big thank you to everyone who tuned in and got involved via the text tweets and emails on the show this evening. And a big thank you to our two studio guests, Barry Clements and Joe Wood. Barry, have a great uh, evening and weekend. Jake, been lovely to see you. Can't wait to see you again. Joe, likewise to you, my friend. Have a good one. Yep. Thank you, Jake. Been fantastic. Right, coming up on the, uh, on the stage this evening, school days with Stool, uh, Stool Randall, Steve Randall. Coming up after the news at 7. See you later.